to the news on RTHK. The Financial Secretary phone-in with Hugh Chiverton and Peter Lewis. Call us on 233-88266 or email backchat at rthk.hk. And a good morning to you. Welcome to the special phone-in programme. Between now and 9 o'clock, it's your chance to question the Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, on the budget speech which he delivered on Wednesday this week. If you want to talk directly to Mr Chan, just give us a call. The number is 233-88266, 233-88266. Or if you can't get to a phone, you can email us. Backchat at rthk.hk is the address, although we will give priority to phone calls. We're broadcasting today. Today on RTHK Radio 3, on RTHK TV 32, uh, we're webcast and we are on Facebook Live as well on the Backchat on RTHK Radio 3 page. Over the next hour, Mr Chan will be listening to your comments, hearing your reactions, answering your questions on this, his third budget, the second under this administration. It went under the slogan, support enterprises, safeguard jobs, stabilise the economy and strengthen livelihoods. Uh, bottom line, fiscal surplus in 1819 shrank 60% from the previous year and there were scaled-back sweeteners amid projections of slower economic growth. It got mixed reactions. Pro-establishment and democratic political parties said the fiscal blueprint was not creative enough and that the government should offer more sweeteners to the grassroots and provide more help for SMEs. But support for public health care, among other things, was widely welcomed. Well, what do you think? Tell Mr Chan your reaction. What do you think of what he plans to do with your money? Give us a call. The number is 233-88266. And your co-host today is Peter Lewis. Peter. Thanks, Hugh. Good morning, Mr Chen. Yeah, good morning, Peter. Good morning, Hugh. Um, This strikes me as a very cautious budget. Oh, really? There were no new initiatives or policies to deal with some of the longer-term problems, things like tackling the vast income and wealth gap we have in Hong Kong, broadening the tax base, no substantial changes in the way education and health is funded. Given we've generated another surplus and we have these huge fiscal reserves, over a trillion dollars now, why didn't you feel the need maybe to be bolder and tackle some of those big issues? Well, uh, if you look at the budget, uh, although it seems to give a surplus of about uh, $17 billion in the coming year, but if you take away the right back from the housing reserve, which we are going to bring back to the accounts of the government over the next four years, uh, the budget for next year is indeed a slightly deficit budget. And at the current uh, economic situation, we do think that on the one hand, uh, we need to support our enterprises and stimulate the economy. But on the other hand, we need to strike a balance to maintain a healthy financial position. Uh, That's why uh, in handling the uh, finance of the government, I allocate resources to support all the measures announced by the chief executive back in October last year in the policy address. And indeed, if you count the expenditures uh, laid out in the budget, it is to the order of $150 billion, not including the amount set aside for other purposes. So indeed, uh, to me, this is a, uh, a, a slightly expansionary budget. 
I mean, we, we have all these reserves. We've built them up for mm-hmm. hard times. Mm-hmm. And we're now hitting hard times. You said mm-hmm. yourself in, uh, in, on Wednesday that the economy is slowing. We're being buffeted mm-hmm. by um, a global slowdown, by the trade war, by the slowdown on China. Mm-hmm. Is this maybe the time now to sort of tr- lean against the wind and have a more sort of expansionary um, sort of budget, given that we are hitting hard times and people are struggling? Well, uh, we have been monitoring the situation very closely. Although the economy has been slowing down, but when you look at the employment figures, uh, the unemployment rate is still very low. Uh, in terms of business situations, for some of the business in the, say, for example, uh, trading sector, they are experiencing tough environment. But there is no widespread bankruptcies or winding ups. So, uh, as I said in the budget, I will monitor the situation closely and whenever necessary. We do not need to wait for the coming policy address or the next budget to announce additional measures during the year. But in the meantime, we do think that uh, by returning about 73% of the uh, current year surplus back to the citizen via different means, uh, it's the appropriate way to do. And in terms of... Why not not 100% or why not more than 100%? If the economy is slowing, Uh then shouldn't you be spending more money from your coffers? Shouldn't you be stimulating the economy more? And there's the sweeteners. Mm -hmm. When times are harder, you're reducing the sweeteners. But there to stimulate the economy, you should be increasing them. Uh, This should be taken uh, in the proper context. As I said, uh, if uh, if we exclude the housing reserve to be written back to the account. The coming year will be a deficit to the order of about $5 billion. Uh, in terms of the handouts this year, against a, reserve, against a surplus of about $58 billion, we return about 73%. If that is, if as you suggest, Hilch, to return the whole surplus to the, to the people, the next year's deficit would be in the order of close to 20 billion. Well, in some quarters of the community, they would argue that this may not be a very prudent way of handling our public finance because it is not just next year, but going forward. And at the moment, the situation is uh, not easy, but also at the same time, we should not be overreacting. But in the context of $1.1 trillion of reserves, $20 billion is, is not such a huge number. And, and for individuals in, in Hong Kong, quite a large number are going to find that their tax this year, their tax burden has gone up compared to last year because the cap um, on the salaries tax rebate has gone down. So is that your plan to overall to, over the coming years to try and reduce those sweeteners? We know that you're not so keen on them. Do you want to try and get rid of them altogether? Is this the beginning of that? Well, we have to look at this with a uh, historic perspective. Last year was an exceptional year against the backdrop of a surplus of over $140 billion. Of course, people, has the, people had the expectation of a larger tax rebate. That's what we did. But if you roll back a few more years back, then you will see the current proposed 20,000, say, for example, series tax rebate is, is quite generous. So uh, 
I do think that I cannot commit at this stage, of course. What we are going to do in future years, we have to take into consideration the then economic situation as well as the uh, the annual surplus or deficit of the of, of the government before we can really uh, decide on uh, what is the best way to do. But I'm wondering, is there a new philosophy to really try and reduce people's dependency on these sweeteners? Because it, it's slightly odd that you do it in a year when, for the first time for many mm-hmm. years, the economy is slowing and, and we're hitting hard times. Um, this is a very interesting point that needs to be discussed with the wider community. Uh, because there are also suggestions in certain quarters of the community that instead of doing the handouts every year, we should reduce or stop doing that, but instead put those resources into more long-term use. Uh, say, for example, education, healthcare, development of the economy. Uh, but there are also strongly reactions uh, from uh, another quarter of the uh, community saying that, hey, we have been receiving these handouts for a long time. Um, don't tell me 30 years later I will be retiring and then you will pay me a retirement pension. But help me relieve my current uh, uh, difficulty now. So do not stop that. So there is always a delicate balance to to strike. That, uh, you know, that kind of crystallises sometimes around the idea of a 20% of public spending uh-huh. being, being limited to 20% of, of GDP. Um, we've gone over that 20%. We're yep. sort of creeping over it. Yep. Um, you know, and maybe that's kind of the public mood. Maybe that's what the people want now. They want a little bit more from from the government. They expect a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They expect more investment in healthcare and education and those those issues. Um, so do you think that that's is that the direction you're going? You're quite happy to go over twenty percent? You're thinking you might you might be thinking of twenty five percent, something like that? Uh not to that that extent, but of course twenty percent is not the golden rule. Although it has been a guiding principle for quite some time. But last year in the budget speech I did mention we have uh Broken that twenty percent uh, guideline. Uh, last again year, this year. Uh, again this year. Last year we we were talking about twenty one percent. But this is also exactly what uh, Peter raised uh, earlier about whether the government should be spending uh, more on improving services on various funds. Uh, what is important to me is whether those money are going to be properly spent mm. in the right policy area for the good of Hong Kong. Uh, hand on my heart, uh, in the coming five years, uh, the public expenditure, meaning the government expenditure plus the expenditure of the trading fund as well as the housing authority, would be around 22% of the uh, GDP of Hong Kong. Uh, this is still within our affordability. Uh, that is why we, we do think that we should spend to that extent. And in the past few years, uh, not just these two years under the current term of the government, but also in the previous government, uh, I think we have been, the, the government has been doing a lot of catching up in terms of social investments. So this is the right thing to do. 
Okay. Well, thank you very much indeed for that. Now, our telephone number is 233-88266. If you want to talk directly to Mr. Chan, tell him what you think, ask questions on, on that uh, budget speech on the financial philosophy, 233-88266 uh, is the number. And a uh, recommendation that you do call early because we always get a logjam of people right in the last five, ten minutes or something and then we can't <laughs> get through to them and we have to speed up their questions. So uh, call now if you want to get a, a, a decent chat in. Uh, first on the line, uh, we've got Stuart. Stuart, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Stuart. Good morning, Paul. Um, I'm pleased to hear that uh, you're able to do more for the um, those that need it. But I'd just like... I have a couple of questions, but I'd like to start by just a comment. You know, we have reserves now, you've already mentioned it, 1.1 or more trillion dollars, which is in the region of more than 100,000 per person in Hong Kong. 100,000 Hong Kong dollars per person. That seems an awful lot of money to have in reserve when people are below the poverty line or you know, they can't get the health service they want and, um, and, and, and obviously the wealth the welfare needs of the elderly need to be covered but um, these are things that if we can see it being spent that would be great now more more than anything i'd like to sort of ask a couple of questions and i I, i'll i'll couch that by saying that i work in the financial services business so i understand a fair bit about that um first one is the the Greater Bay Area, the development that we've been talking about, you've mentioned it in your uh, budget speech, um, and we've had a few comments to say Hong Kong wealth and financial products such as mutual funds should be able to be distributed in that area. Is that a realistic prospect? Do you think China will allow that, or, or but don't you think China will continue to impose the sort of restrictions they're already imposing? Uh, at the moment, we have entered into a mutual recognition fund of funds arrangements with yep. the mainland. And as you probably know, at the moment, some of the funds in Hong Kong can be sold to mainland investors. Uh, and also, uh, uh, the mainland funds can be bought by uh, Hong Kong investors. We are working uh, with the uh, central authorities uh, as to expanding the number of funds that could be sold under this arrangement. But this is on a nation uh, a nationwide basis. Yeah, but on the other hand, we do think that uh, under the Greater Bay Area, there's opportunity for us to have more breakthrough. Uh, this is our one of our goals, and we are working with the central authorities as well as the authorities in Guangdong. Uh, because, you know, under the Greater Bay Area, it is one country, two system, and three custom areas. And although Hong Kong uh, being a completely open economy, uh, free flow of capital, uh, this is not the case on the mainland. Uh, they have their concern about exchange control, control of fund flow. So uh, going forward, we do need to have policy innovation, policy breakthrough in this respect. Yeah. And as you know, the current uh, – in, in the mainland, the, the Greater Bay Area is under the care of Vice Premier Han Zhen. So this is quite a high-level overall coordinating uh, committee. 
discussions, uh, I mean, uh, proposals with, uh, will be put to him Xi for consideration. Support, presumably, um, he, he could um, say this is something he wants to see happen. And, mm -hmm. and can, but can we expect it to happen, given that uh, it would be, uh, um, be such a boom for Hong Kong, but it seems to be something that would uh, open up China far more than they would like to see themselves? Well, by by having a Greater Bay Area development, the idea is to use this area as a growth engine for the mainland, as well as this. You know, this is the most open uh, area of the mainland, most affluent. And the, the other question I've got, if I may, um, in in the world of financial regulations, you as the financial secretary set the agenda. You have the the, the responsibility, ultimately, of saying this is what we want to see happen. Um, we've seen a lot of market opening changes, but they are desperately slow in Hong Kong. And, and for example, um, it's taking an age to see the licensing and launch of online banking services. It's taking an age to see some development for online distribution of mutual funds. And all the time while sort of Hong Kong ponders about these things, China has gone to an almost cashless society. Citizens can do almost all financial transactions online. Um, can you push this to make it go quicker? Uh, in terms of uh, online payment, uh, in terms of electronic wallets, as you know, we launched faster payment system last year. So it is... Didn't work very well, then. Uh, not really. At the moment, over, ten, over 2 million people have registered for this service, and the amount involved is quite significant. Uh, I do think that we have been catching up very fast in terms of electronic payment. As to online banking services, the target is to have virtual banks licensed to be issued this month, March. Um, you know, in processing this application, sometimes it is not how hard we work, how fast we want to push. We also need to have, number one, the applicant's cooperation as to providing all the necessary information and, and also have the uh, safeguards, uh, governance structure in place. And for some of the applicants from... Uh, Outside of Hong Kong, uh, I mean, uh, one for for some of the applicants having their partners regulated outside of Hong Kong, we do need to have communications with the with the uh, regulators in that particular jurisdictions, and to so as to satisfy ourselves that uh, the regulatory uh, oversight is proper. So it is progressing, but sometimes it depends on the speed of the reaction of uh, the applicant as well as the regulators in other jurisdictions. Okay, Stuart, many Thank thanks you. for your call. Our number 233 uh, Next on the line is uh, Tommy. Tommy, good morning. Hello, Tommy. Good morning. Good morning, Tommy. Go ahead, Tommy. Could you ask about is, uh, the traffic, uh, the charges of electronic road chargers? I want to ask FS about is that the government have a clear uh, picture or timetable how to uh, promote the chargers in the future? 
Yeah, for electronic vehicles, actually, uh, in the budget, we have... Uh, I think it's electronic road pricing he was asking you about. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry, sorry. I misheard yeah. that. The electronic road pricing consultation will be done uh, uh, this year, in the coming months. And it is a plan to, depending on the consultation result, to roll it out as soon as possible. And also in order to let the public uh, understand that this is not a revenue measure, but rather a measure to try to address traffic congestion. We have made a commitment that uh, the net proceeds from electronic road pricing uh, will be uh, an equivalent amount to the net proceeds will be made available uh, to improve public transport services uh, so that uh, more people can can be encouraged to use public transport. This this presumably is all part of trying to make Hong Kong a smart city. Sure. Um, but there's a lot of other things that need to happen as well yeah, I, uh, to get Hong Kong into yeah. that stage. And it seems yeah. to be going very slowly if you compare uh-huh. us to, say, Singapore or mm-hmm. Dubai or other real smart cities around the world. Mm-hmm. What, what can we do to try and speed this up and make it happen faster? Uh, we announced a smart city blueprint uh, back in uh, 2017. And in the government, uh, there is commit- a committee uh, under the leadership of the chief executive uh, to drive efforts in this respect because when it comes to smart city, it involves many things and the participation of different bureaus is important. So high-level coordination uh, is important as well as reviewing certain out-of-date legislations. So uh, we, are, we are pushing ahead on that. Uh, for example, uh, the Innovation and Technology Bureau is working with the highways department to install uh, smart lampposts to try to collect the data. And also in the government, we, we have announced a plan uh, actually, every bureau and department have participated as to opening up of their data uh, for the use by the public uh, to develop uh, different services and apps for the convenience uh, of the people. But it is taking such a long time, isn't it? It's uh, things like sharing traffic information is so basic, but it, we don't seem to be there yet, despite the blueprints and despite the mm. despite the push. Yeah, this is fair comment, fair criticism. Um, we also face uh, sometimes legislative difficulties because, as I said, uh, some of the initiatives would require legislative ab- amendments, and also. Uh, Say, for example, in terms of traffic situation, uh, the information ap- about car park availability, apart about the uh, the uh, the bus, these are data owned by private sector. We need to have the private sector's cooperation in opening up all this data. So we are working on it. Okay. Well, Tommy, 
many thanks for your for your call. Our number once again is two three three eight eight two six six. If you want to put a question to the uh, financial secretary on any aspect of uh, the budget which uh, he delivered uh, this week, that's the number to uh, call us two three three eight eight two six six. And once again, get your calls in early. Everybody calls in the last five minutes to uh, beat the deadline, and then we can't get uh, proper answers. So uh, thank you very much indeed for that. Two three three eight eight two six six is the number uh, if you want to talk to him. Uh, so we've got a caller, I think uh, next on the line is Paul. Paul, good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, good you. morning, Paul. Good morning, Paul. Yeah. Uh, Paul, Paul, when uh, you and I were both on the uh, Harbourfront Commission, we worked hard on trying to set up a harbour authority. Um, and at that time, we did a budget for eight projects. And we, uh, we calculated that that was going to be $10.2 billion for, uh, for, these, for these eight projects. Um, and that was around 2016. Then in 2018, we only got 500 million for six projects, so we're very disappointed. Um, and then this year, we get six billion for nine projects. Um, again, you know, we're, we're of course very, very happy. We cannot be ungrateful that we have that money, but we only get 6.5 billion dollars now for 15 projects, where we were looking for 10 billion for eight projects. So. I mean, your harbourfront is really iconic, and every time I'm overseas and I see a tourist brochure for Hong Kong, it's always the vista across the harbour of, of our skyline. Can we not do more? Can you not give us more money to do more and better work on our harbourfronts? Yeah, Paul, thank you for the hard work, uh, not just on the <coughs> Harbour Fund Commission, but generally for Hong Kong on a number of funds. Um, as you rightly point out, uh, in 2018, an amount of 500 million has been uh, set aside for Harbour Fund development, and I'm happy to see that some of the projects get moving. Uh, this year, we allocate 6 billion. Uh, it will keep the Harbourfront Commission quite busy for a couple of years. Well, when, I mean, before I put additional resources, please do work hard and to prove to the people of Hong Kong this is the money well spent. When the projects are being realized and people appreciate and enjoy, I would have no hesitation in allocating additional resources to support your work on this front because for us Hong Kong people uh, our own uh, apartment our own living space is quite uh, quite small uh, this cannot be rectified in a short period of time if we can do more and better to improve public open space and better utilize of public space that will improve our quality of living. I have no hesitation in putting additional money to that respect. Now, if I want to get some harbourfront projects done, or say waterfront projects done outside Victoria Harbour, mm-hmm. um, could I also come to you? Uh, there are a number of waterfronts in the Southern District and in other areas. Uh, you know, I think waterfronts in general, it's the issue that uh, waterfronts around the world basically are seen as a public right and public right of access as a public amenity area. Mm-hmm. And we have more areas around our waterfronts uh, that I think could actually benefit very well from what we have learned around Victoria Harbour. Is there a mechanism to come to you with uh, additional projects, um, for example, linking Telegraph Bay and Sandy Bay with a, a, a boardwalk or, or another link? 
Well, uh, you can come to me through the development bureau, uh, but also at the same time, I think it is important to have district engagement. Uh, if I, I would be happy to support projects that are good for the people of Hong Kong, not just for the Victoria Harbour, because we do need to have other districts to to look after. At the end of the day, uh, it is the merit of the project instead of the location. Okay, Paul, thank you very okay. much indeed for your, for your comment. Thanks uh, for calling us. 233 uh, is the number. Okay, uh, on with the calls to uh, see what uh, interests you, what topics are on uh, your mind. We have Ling next. Ling, hello, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Ling. Um, host, um, I would draw your attention to three group of people. One is social service caregiver and those who need care. Another is green education. Because I am uh, running a member on Earth and working with other green associations. Mm. And then the other one is about um, the SMD, the mm. small business. Mm. The thing is that yesterday a girl said that the rent is so high. I think you have some response to if tax exemption can include. She's not asking subsidy. So may, may you have a chance to um, uh, take care of that. Another thing is that... Should we do them people, one at a time? Sorry, Ling, let, um, they're, they're good points, but let's do them maybe one at a time. Or what about that yeah. uh, tax concession? Uh, for, for, so, uh, Ling, do you want to just hang on, and then we'll just deal with one, one question first? Okay. Yeah, Ling, thank you for the question. Yesterday, uh, when I responded to the question, it is about deduction for series tax purposes, rental expenses incurred by taxpayers. And my response was that uh, we have consider this very carefully and come to the view that this may not be the right timing. And I try to explain, apart from, uh, apart from uh, the call for the government to allow rental deduction, there are also calls for paying rental allowances to those who have been waiting for public housing for a long time. Uh, in terms of housing policy, when the government looked at this issue, um, we, we came to the view that if we pay allowances to those waiting for public rental estates, because of the low vacancy rate, this allowance would be easily taken Mr. away. Mr. Chen, Please let me finish. Please, a lot of problem, Please do let me finish. Well, but, but, but the question is really about the tax concessions, not about the allowance. Uh, no, that yes. is related consideration. I was trying to explain our thought process. Our mm. thought process is that if we do rental deduction and did not do how rental allowance, for those waiting for public rental housing, this would not be good, would not be fair. But if um, we pay not, allowances... It's not necessary, because the, um, even the tax exemption for the family individual is lacking too behind the living standard or living I index. Mr. Chen, I share with you, your voice is the role model of all the uh, people, because you are sincere. And you have the heart to do something about social service. I can tell you, you cannot, t uh, you aware other people is taking advantage of you. Twenty, uh, 
20 billion should go to the caregiver and the people care. For example, <coughs> I let you study. 2 million without or with a resident, uh, one flat for a resident, can have different uh, support from the 20 billion. So you have to review this part and what I mentioned to you. Because you are a sincere person, we feel that. We live Hong Kong, we build Hong Kong, we want to stay in Hong Kong and have a choice to go around to work, but we don't want to be moved. This is our true feeling from the citizens. Mm. Mm. We hope you feel our heart. Did you mean did you did you mean the twenty billion for buying the uh, property for yes. for social services facilities? And that would be better given directly to carers. Is that and also, I ask a question: If one of the colleagues is the there, the relatives or something who own the flat in the old cities, and they ask the government to pay, so there is so many subtle techniques that can tap or steal the public money. So you, your kinda cannot be taken advantage by other people. Please remember and review this one. Okay, yes? Ling, I'm not quite sure of your, mm. your sorry, that last point. Mm. For example, if one of the colleagues or the team, let's, or the, um, uh, the one, the welfare, uh, uh, suggests to you, one of their relatives own, uh, uh, okay, uh, so, uh, so if a welfare provider, if an NGO or something, you mean there might be a, a risk of a conflict of interest, yes. conflict of interest yeah. or corruption or, or something like yes. that? Yes. Hmm. Okay. All right. Link? Yeah. Uh, according to uh, the Secretary for Labor and Welfare, uh, well, let me step back. The objective of that 20 billion is to try to get uh, premises provide the social services facilities so that the much-needed social services for children, for young people, for the youth can be delivered as soon as possible. And this uh, city law mentioned yesterday, when they go forward to do this, uh, the work will be done by a task force comprising uh, colleagues from the social welfare department as well the, as the government property agency and the procurement procedures will be very strict and complying with the uh, complying with the requirements of the ICAs but and you've things got, like but that. You, what I don't understand is you've yeah. got lots of sites and you're turning all the GIC sites into housing or you're turning welfare sites into lavish um, academies for civil servants or you've got the empty schools, you've got dozens of empty schools, you've got plenty of sites why do you need to spend $20 billion buying more? Uh, yeah, huge, this is not a fair comment. For vacant schools, if they are in good locations, they sh- would have been used for different purposes for providing social services this is location specific because you want to be close to your recipient of services. You don't want to have those needy uh, recipients to travel afar to receive this service. So this is location specific. Uh, we, we don't have that much, as you said, we don't, we, we don't have that many vacant sites. If we had those vacant sites, I had no reservation. I would have no reservation 
in developing it into housing plus GIC facilities. The question we face is that at the moment we do not have enough those sites. It would take a long, long time for the government to provide those facilities. We rely only on our own government sites. That's why. The Labour and Welfare Department came up with this proposal. Okay, Ling, thank you very much indeed for your call. Our number once again two three three eight eight two six six two three three eight eight two six six is the number. We're coming towards the close, so please get your question in now and your comment. You can talk directly to the man in charge of uh, your money. You've got a trillion dollars <laughs> to uh, to play with. Uh, do you think he's doing the right things? Two three three eight two three three eight eight two six six is the number. Okay, Anna is next. Anna, good morning. Good morning. Good, Good morning, morning, Mr. Chan. Mr. Chan, when the whole world is prioritizing the, the problems of climate change and global warming and incentivizing people to reduce their carbon footprint, apart from, uh, you know, snazzling up the, uh, the toilets in Hong Kong, where in your budget can we see anything that uh, is going to help us uh, save the planet? Yeah, thank you. Uh, the budget speech may not be able to cover everything because of the... Uh, the, the volume has to be restricted so to a certain extent so that it can be delivered within this period of time. Uh, number one, we have provided resources to implement all the measures announced by the CE in the policy address. And also in the, in the budget, we mentioned about uh, giving additional resources for government facilities to install renewable energies. We also talk about electronic vehicles and providing uh, additional 1,000 uh, uh, charging facilities in the next three years. But, but Mr. Chan, yeah. really, electric cars are fired by electricity, which is mostly fired by coal-fired power stations. That's just smoke and mirrors, isn't it? Uh, sorry, I didn't quite hear you. Kindly, please repeat. Electric cars yeah. are powered by electricity, which for the large part is fired is, is the result of coal, um, you know, coal-fired stations. So that's not really um, an economy, is it? Well, uh, using electric car to replace uh, car by other traditional fuel would be saving carbon footprint. Well, and no, also, and also, the, the electricity is fired by coal. But, it's, but when you look at the electricity supply blueprint announced by the Environment Bureau uh, last year, the plan is to reduce reliance on fire coal, but more on gas, and also a substantial part of our electricity uh, supply. Uh, by the mainland stations using nuclear power. I, I'm really not convinced by that argument. The amount of electricity used by cars is humongous relative to the saving. But it is comparative when you compare the electric car with the traditional cars. But Doesn't you know, that, that, that that's back to the point again. Why are you even focusing on cars? Why are you not incentivizing public transport to become cleaner? Uh, in terms of public transport, we have been experimenting electric bus. But so far, the uh, different mix and models provided by our use are found to be not suitable for Hong Kong because uh, here in Hong Kong, because of the terrain, because of double deck, uh, the current technology in terms of public uh, bus, uh, I mean two deckers, 
are not up to standard, cannot be used. We are still working on it. And in terms of uh, government policy, you can see the uh, travel allowance announced in policy address, trying to subsidize people to use uh, public transport services. But, but, but most and at the moment, our public trans our transport policy is to use uh, railway as the backbone and using public transport as the major means of transport by the public. But don't we need um, an overall electrification plan? Because most of the miles driven on our roads are taken up by buses, by public light vehicles, by trucks. So we need an overall scheme, don't we, and maybe have uh, something like a plug-in power infrastructure that's going to really transform uh, the way transportation works here in Hong Kong and have a big impact on the economy. Mm. Um, Mr Chan, I used to write speeches for Donald Jung back in the day, and you know what? He said to me then that we can't have electric vehicles in Hong Kong, but we're testing them. That was 2007. Where's mm-hmm. the progress since then? Even Shenzhen has, has electric public, uh, public transport now. Why are we so far behind? You can't use the argument that we have hills in Hong Kong and double-decker buses, really. But, but that is reality. When you go to Shenzhen... When it go to Shenzhen, the the terrain is very different. They can they can use single deckers, but in the Hong Kong situation, unavoidably we have to rely on a lot of double deckers. Uh, All right, okay, and and at the moment around the world, there are no double decker bus that can meet the performance requirement of Hong Kong. Okay, Anna, thank you very much indeed for your call. 233-88266. 16 minutes uh, to 9 now. 16 minutes left to uh, put your questions and comments to the Financial Secretary, uh, Paul Chan. And the number once again is 233-88266. I hope we have uh, Vic on the line. Vic, good morning. Hi, morning, Mr. Financial Secretary. Uh, uh, My question to you is, in fact, in relation to healthcare issues and facilities. While your budget has tried to address issues by throwing cash at it, I feel your budget lacks vision. Have you or the government in general thought about addressing the causes instead of treating the symptoms? If you're not already aware, people in Hong Kong fall ill and the public health system is inundated due to the following reasons. Poor air quality, stressful life, poor living conditions, lack of a balanced diet, starting from the food being served in the government-funded schools. Doctors at public hospitals not able to cope with workload and unable to make correct and timely diagnosis. Believe me, I'm a victim of the same as they were clueless about investigating my symptoms for over eight months. If you have no choice of getting treated privately, you enter the public system and are stuck there as instead of finding and treating the root cause, the overworked doctors are just treating the symptoms. The causes has to be addressed even in areas like education, disparity in income level, etc. I'm sure some of the above may not fall within your purview, but would love if the government could show some vision and gumption by thinking out of the box instead of just trying to balance its budget. Thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> I do not agree that we don't have a vision. Uh, just take uh, healthcare as an example. 
Last year, when I prepared the budget,、uh, I realized, like every Hong Kong citizen, the challenging situation that our healthcare system was in.、Uh, that's why,、uh, in the last budget, I suggest to advance the second ten-year hospital development plan and set. And set aside money for that.、Purpose. I think the question is, you know, is, it, is not about the healthcare. It's about the. It is not about the healthcare. We only need the healthcare because we have. But it's saying we don't. We wouldn't need the healthcare if we had a healthier living environment, and that includes things like stress, a stressful living, living space, air pollution, quality of life in Hong Kong. That's poor, and so therefore there's the need to spend the money on on healthcare. And we should be looking in a in a broader way. I think that was the point. And we. Also working on environment, on education, on improving the uh, the uh, living space of Hong Kong. I think we are doing all this. I was just using healthcare as an example to illustrate the long and short to medium term strategies to be taken. To deal with the situation, is, is throwing money at it enough? Though, when part of the problem is we have overworked, stressed nurses and doctors, not enough medical places at universities. We're struggling to attract doctors from overseas. It, there's a bigger issue here, isn't there? That needs more than just money. There are bigger issues, and all these issues are being addressed. But all these issues needs to take time to realize and be felt by our people. Uh, while doing the long-term thing, like the ten-year、uh, hospital development plan, adding additional places for training doctors and nurses, we also need to take care of the current difficulties the medical and health professionals are in. That's why, in this budget, after consultation with the sector, we set aside one sixteen point one billion dollars for these purposes. Not to mention the other three hundred billion we set aside for. Uh, additional nine thousand、uh, beds under the、uh, new beds. I mean,、uh, under the、uh, second ten-year、uh, hospital development plan, as well as the uh, additional uh, places in the two universities for medical students and health professionals. Okay.、Um, thanks. Eleven、uh, minutes to nine now. Our number once again two three three eight eight two six six. Neil is next. Let's see what Neil、uh, has to say. Neil, good morning. Good morning. good morning, Neil. Hi, good morning, sir. Good morning. Morning.、Um, first of all, may I say I thought your budget was very reasonable this year, and I actually、Thank、thought you. it had many, many、um, very good aspects covered in it.、Um, for the following year, I was wondering if we could consider two aspects. One would be road safety. Road safety.、Um, we have a hundred people killed every year on the roads, fifteen thousand injured, and there's about eighty thousand accidents reported every year. Um, if there was a greater emphasis on road safety, we could reduce the accidents and deaths and injuries.、Um, a, it would make the traffic flow better, and B, I think it would reduce a lot of the demands made on the hospital authority. So that was one of the things I'd like to raise.、Mm. Do, do、uh, you want to comment on that first, then, Mr. Chen? Yeah,、uh, Neil is talking about the initiatives that I should look into in the next budget. I am listening very carefully, and I can promise I can follow up on the road safety thing to well, see what、wonderful. we can do. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah.、Um, the second aspect is playgrounds for children.、Hmm. I've just moved from a village into a apartment down in Kowloon,、hmm. and、um, we're going around all the playgrounds, 
Some are still closed from the typhoon. Some have got lots of space, but very little facilities in that space. Um, some have got large metal spikes sticking out of the ground to hold up trees. Um, others are quite small, and the variety of equipment is quite, um, again, quite limited. Mm. I was just wondering, again, as another initiative for next year, um, whether or not we could look at how to improve all the playgrounds around Hong Kong, and therefore children would have something other than just their iPads to go on all day long. Yeah, I can certainly look into that with my colleagues. Thank you for the suggestions. That's wonderful. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Neil. Okay, a couple of things to talk about, put on the agenda for uh, next year's uh, budget. Uh, it's your opportunity now with this uh, CE phone-in programme to talk to the uh, Financial Secretary himself. Once again, the telephone number is 233 Uh Give us a call, just uh, less than 10 minutes left now. Uh, we also have quite a few uh, emails and uh, we might s- try to squeeze in perhaps some uh, uh, email questions and comments as well from people who couldn't get to the phone uh, this morning. Uh, in the meantime, Mike, I think, is next. Mike? Yeah, I... Uh, Hi, Mike. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Um, point on... Two points. One on the medical. Yes. Um, uh, you know, we get the advertisement that when you reach a certain age, you get a free uh, colonoscopy. But it doesn't say that you wait in line for two to three years to get one. Hmm. Uh, it, it's, uh, if you've got... That's, that's if you have traces of blood in your stool. Uh, if you don't have any traces, um, you know, it'll be probably decades before you get a colonoscopy. So that is, I think it's window dressing. You know, you show, you advertise that you're, you know, you, you know good medical care. Hmm. But that's that's really, you got some major problems there. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you need to, you need to really <clears throat> talk to some scientific people, engineering people about your electric cars if if instantly we changed all electric cars your um, electrical system couldn't charge that many cars hmm. uh it takes it takes considerable it ca- takes considerable amperage and voltage to charge an electric car hmm. and uh to um uh, it's it's really the wrong direction to go the carbon footprint for an electric car when you take into consideration the build of that electric car, when you take into consideration your uh, your used batteries, what are we mm. going to do with all the used batteries? When you mm. take those things into consideration, you've got yourself a, you've got yourself a major um, uh, some problems that we haven't even considered yet. So, going electric, yeah, it's it's really good politically, but science, but um, you know, get down to the engineering. It's got some major problems. You need to get to get to some really some um, intelligent engineers that tell you where where we need to go, and not the politicians. Yeah, uh, Mike. Thank you for the suggestions as to the uh, medical services. Uh, yeah, we are facing capacity capacity issues. We are dealing with this. Uh, but one simple problem is that you could invite. Uh, doctors from, I'm not talking about third world country doctors. I'm talking about doctors that are educated, uh, uh, that have superior education than what we get in Hong Kong, hmm. and um, invite them to just come to, come to work in Hong Kong without without the um, you know without with, without all the um, um, you know the the restrictions. 
I know my son just finished medical school. 90% of his classmates can't get into the professional, the, um, 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 you know, the specialty program that they want. So they're just waiting to get into specialty programs. They're educated doctors. Uh, they have more education than the doctors we have here, and there's a glut of them. Uh, why we wouldn't invite those uh, to, to help alleviate, alleviate some of our problems? We don't. We want to protect our own doctors, and that's the reason. But we could solve a lot of our problems if we would just look into that. Okay, Mr. Chen. Yeah, we we need to continue our engagement with the medical profession here. But in the meantime, we have uh, amended the. Um, uh, we we have uh, expanded the limited registration uh, system to allow overseas doctors to come to Hong Kong to practice in the public sector. Uh, we will continue to work hard on that. Uh, in terms of electric, electric car, uh, what you have raised is an interesting point that I would certainly uh, take up with my environment bureau colleagues. But as to the charging facilities, just a quick update. We are going to identify possible roadside locations to provide such charging facilities and also in some of the uh, uh, public uh, car parks explore it's the possibility. It's not economically, if it wasn't government subsidized, it would not be economically viable. Well, <clears throat> this may come with a charge. Uh, not this, not finalized yet. Uh, okay. Let me f- yeah, let me finish. <clears throat> in the public uh, car park, uh, we are considering the possibility of installing some quick charging facilities. Yeah. Okay, Mike. Thanks very much Thank indeed you. for your call. Uh, regular listener there. Uh, four minutes to nine. Okay. Uh, next call uh, is Jeffrey. Jeffrey, good morning. Uh, good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Jeffrey. Hi. Um, I just have, I don't know if it's a request or a question, but basically I've been in Hong Kong over 30 years yeah. and always the obstacle to buying a home is the deposit, the 30, 40% deposit. Could the government not put together a pool uh, that would help people to get a 100% mortgage um, for their first time home? And that would be effectively an interest-free top-up. So, in effect, you would use the money to help with homes, but it would not be, like, spent and lost because it would eventually come back to the government and used as a, a growing pool to help first-time buyers. Well, um, yeah, thank you, Jeffrey, for the suggestion. Uh, f- from the government's standpoint, uh, we... We understand the uh, frustrations uh, that you have just mentioned, but at the same time, the government do not want does not want to uh, roll out measures that can be interpreted or seen to be filling the market. Um, we did have explored the possibility of relaxing some uh, mortgage insurance uh, for first-time home buyers buying properties below certain uh, amount. Um, we came to the view, uh, as you know, at the beginning of this year, we came to the view that uh, this might not, this might be seen as a measure 
to to support the market and uh, affect the property price. So that was not pursued further at the moment. Uh, for the government, uh, we do think that at the moment the current price is unaffordable. So in order to assist Hong Kong people to buy their own home. Uh, we should do more in terms of subsidized fat for sale. Uh, that is the direction that we are devoting a lot of energy to. But you want to be careful you don't put yourself in the position where the government is in effect funding people to buy homes they actually can't afford. That is also a that is also a consideration. Uh, Peter, so Jeffrey's on you, his own. Thank you for supplementing that. Jeffrey, yeah. you are not going to help people like Jeffrey. You're not going to help people like Jeffrey because you don't want them to buy houses anymore, flats. Uh, I have explained the consideration uh, of the government and also uh, in terms of assisting people to buy their own home. Uh, first and foremost is to increase the supply of subsidized fat for sale. Okay. And according to the uh, current, uh, I mean, uh, for the first-time home buyers, the current policy is to in terms of eligibility, is to cover about more than 80% of the uh, uh, the uh, working population of Hong Kong. Okay. Well, and Jeffrey, also the price is discounted to link to affordability instead of market price. All right, Jeffrey. thank you very yeah. much indeed for your call. Thank you to everybody yeah. who, uh, who called and all the producers and everyone. And, of course, to Mr. Chan. Thank you very much indeed, oh, thank Financial you. Secretary. Yeah. Thank you for uh, having Paul me this Chan morning. For yeah, joining us. You. We're going to continue with the uh, Back Chat program uh, with guests uh, after the news at nine. You're very welcome to stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, in the meantime, thank you very much indeed for joining us. The weather, 20 degrees at the moment. With the relative humidity, it's 88%. Thank you very much.